0: Blog Talk Radio. Bless Welcome to our Convention of States podcast, that Provident Article. This podcast series is a weekly discussion concerning the fifth article of the U.S. Constitution, the amending provision, with a general view on the phrase convention for proposing amendments and specific focus on the Convention of States Project. My name is Paul Hodson, a volunteer with the Convention of States Project in Texas, first as a district captain and now as co-director in the great state of Texas. Our goal is to continually educate ourselves on Article 5, to bring timely information relating to the Convention of States Article Five movement, and to promote the use of Article Five to rein in our federal government. For more information regarding the Convention of States project, please visit www.conventionofstates.com. We welcome your participation in our podcast, including calling in at phone number 914-205-5632. You can also contact us by email. My email is director.tx.paul. At tx-cos.com, my Twitter handle is at director tx paul. You can find this episode and all our previous episodes at www.blogtalkradio.com/texasdc for HD fifty eight, or on iTunes. Search for that provident article. All of the music you hear is brought to you courtesy of America's most patriotic rock band. ...endorsers of the Convention of States project, Madison Rising. Please visit their website at www.madisonrising.com. We begin each episode by reciting the pertinent information from Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution. The Congress, on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states... ...shall call a convention for proposing amendments, which shall be valid to all intents and purposes... ...as part of this Constitution... When ratified by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states, or by conventions in three-fourths thereof, as the one or the other mode of ratification may be proposed by the Congress. And then we read our our own specific application that we have. The legislature of the state of fill-in-the-blank hereby applies to Congress under the provisions of Article 5 of the Constitution of the United States for the calling of a convention of the states limited to proposing amendments to the Constitution of the United States that impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. And on to our news for the Convention of States this Thanksgiving week, a reminder that you can see all the relevant news for the Convention of States out on the website, www.conventionofstates.com. On the left-hand side, there's a, a Tab to pull down about slash news, and you can see the news there, and it's in chronological order. The most recent stories up at the top, and you can page down, see quite a few of the stories that have been going on in the past week or weeks, and you can search back. Some great information there. Um, as usual, each week we seem to have at least one poll that we are are tracking, and this week is no different. There was a Reuters poll out this past week, saying that 62% of the country believe that we are on the wrong track. Same poll, only 23% believe our country is on the right track. We're seeing these numbers hold no matter who's giving the survey, whether you trust the government or not, whether you believe the country's on the right track. Uh, the numbers continue to have a great distrust in our current system, in our current government, not just the people, but in the in the function and in the structure. Um, Speaking of structure and of regulatory committees, the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, still lawless. An art- article there on, on the FCC, uh, kind of a, uh, a follow-up to an article early, early in the year. And in this article, there's a quote about the they have the power to impose sanctions upon those it regulates for actions the regulated parties could not have known in advance to be unlawful. This is one of those examples of... Uh, it's been said that each of us is probably breaks three or four laws a day without even knowing it because of the amount of regulations which are in that stack of, of regulations put out by all those uh, bureaucracies. And this is one of those. The, the FCC can uh, – there are some several examples in there of, of AT&T being fined or threatened with fines for something which they could not have possibly known about – And there was a lot of uh, information in this story about uh, the the open Internet and some laws regulating an open Internet, which seems to be contradictory, but that's kind of how the government works. They will say contradictory things. The law sounds wonderful, the open Internet, and yet there's restrictions on an open Internet. Third story here, and we're only going to do a few stories, uh, not like last week. We'll we'll be real quick and get right to our uh, presentation. The national debt... I know we spoke of this last week, that that one-day spike when the uh, continuing resolution was passed. But in the last three weeks, the national debt has spiked $578 billion in just three weeks. That's over half a trillion dollars in three weeks. The spending is getting to be ridiculous. And again, Congress just basically opened a checkbook, which doesn't have any money in it, and and gave carte blanche – of the administration to themselves. They are to blame, not just the president, in spending, spending, spending. There is no constraint. They will not constrain themselves. The people have to rise up. That's why we're involved with the Convention of States project. Uh, A friend of ours that we have discussed before, Nebraska State Senator Laura Ebke, she is continuing on her Convention of States tour. If you have a chance, there are several, I think, several... Presentations of hers available on YouTube or on the website. Um, she gives a great presentation. Her presentations are available to download. If if you need a copy, I have a copy of one of her presentations. You can contact me with my contact information. Uh, she has some terrific slides, some a a terrific view, and uh, just another side of looking at another angle. She she's done some real creative things on looking at what the nation is doing, what our response can be. Um, And so I I really recommend that you look at what uh, Nebraska State Senator Laura Ebke is is doing. Their goal is to be the fifth state to, to pass our resolution. We've got four, Georgia, Florida, Alaska, and Alabama, and their goal is to get out of the gate in 2016 and get this passed. Of course, they only have one house they have to go through as a unicameral body in Nebraska. And then the last two stories aren't on our website, but I'm going to share them with you. Uh, in Midland, Texas last week, the uh, national national uh, leadership for the Convention of States met, and we're all speaking and uh, strategizing about our national approach for this coming year. And, of course, we expect this to be a big year. We had a lot of states apply the resolution or at least file the bill in the last year, in the 2015. Some of those are still ongoing. Uh, Some of those are not dead, and and there are state legislatures which carry over into the coming year. So we have some that are actually in process. And we're going to have quite a few which are going to file again and and make another run at it in 2016. And that's going to involve uh, a lot of grassroots movement. Uh, There will be uh, more and more information about the particulars coming out about the strategy, but just be aware that there's going to be grassroots movement. There's going to be encouragement to be involved at the grassroots level and within your communities and speaking with people face-to-face. Not just being in front of your computer and sending email or being on the phone and making a phone call, but getting out, speaking with people. It's an election year, so this is actually going to be very easy to get out. You know, during a presidential election year, you're going to see uh, people who are more interested in politics this year. Uh, so opportunities there, and we're going to have some other ideas coming out of that, of those strategy meetings in Midland, and then uh, a big, big one for me is the merchandise store is actually open, and I put the website put a link there on the slide, uh, www.promoplace.com, backslash 25289, backslash stores, backslash COS. I'm not sure what all that means, uh, but it does take you right to the homepage of the uh, merchandise store. And I put a couple couple slides in here with photos, one from the uh, the planning session there in Midland. You can see... I don't know, a dozen, 15 people around a conference table. There were lots of presentations and discussion, strategy. And then uh, I put several of the items that are available on the store, and there's, there's quite a variety. There's shirts, you know, T-shirts, polo shirts, button-down shirts. There's jackets, hoodies. Uh, there are, uh, you know, there's, as you see, laptop cases, Mugs. Uh, there are bumper stickers available. I, th- I saw some pens. There's even a couple of big banners, which are available probably for people who are doing presentations. Some good stuff. Some great stuff out on the Convention of States site. And I know as I was, I was asking people who were in the know about the quality, and and there were a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, quality assurance going on to make sure that this is high quality merchandise, and everything's looking great. So there you have it, the news for the Convention of States this past week, and we are going to head to our presentation. Okay, we're going to continue our presentation from last week where we began asking the question, who says it's a constitutional convention? And I'm going to do a quick review because we we covered very little last week and just want to do a high level. There have been multiple instances in the last 45 years or so of the phrase constitutional convention being used to reference an Article 5 convention for proposing amendments. Uh, We mentioned balanced budget amendment resolutions and remember that that's the first thing I'm mentioning today and and a preview of what's to come. That's going to be the last thing we talk about when we end our presentation today. Uh, Chief Justice Warren Berger in a letter to Phyllis Schlafly called that a constitutional convention an article five convention a constitutional convention ronald reagan's justice department in that uh, big document that they wrote in 1987 they called it a limited constitutional convention but they still use the phrase constitutional convention justice antonin scalia has called it a constitutional convention and said he opposes a constitutional convention and we also mentioned the name yale professor charles law professor charles black we're not going to mention him at all again Today, but I guarantee you, we're going to get a snootful of him next week. Charles Black, um, and we're going to t- we talked about the importance of language as a, in the the definition in framing an argument or defense. The quote from Voltaire: "If you wish to converse with me, define your terms." And that's why it's important that we get our terms correct. And it's also important if you want to control a conversation, an argument. Uh, if you can control the terminology, you can control it, and that's why we are discussing this phrase, constitutional convention. It carries with it that idea that we are trying to rewrite the Constitution, and is that really what is going on? So today, we're going to be taking a look at the history, our, how the states have addressed this through our nation's history. And we're going to go right to the first application for a convention of states, believe it or not, November 14th, 1788. Virginia, and you can see it in the congressional record, read in on May 5th of 1789, the first application, this of course dealing with the Bill of Rights. We've covered some of that before in the fight for the Bill of Rights when we discussed the George Turberville letter and the the great contention during the state ratification process of the Constitution and the Massachusetts Compromise in which Massachusetts – went ahead and set the way and said we're going to go ahead and ratify the Constitution with the understanding that it needs to be amended right away with the Bill of Rights. Well, several of the states, of course, as we saw in our our history, Virginia and New York specifically, were very wary of the the federal government uh, making good on their promise to go ahead and address the Bill of Rights and they went ahead and applied for uh, conventions. And let's see what Virginia's Application said, quote, The slow forms of congressional discussion and recommendation, if indeed they should ever agree to any change, would, we fear, be less certain of success. Happily for their wishes, the Constitution hath presented an alternative by admitting the submission to a convention of the states. Unquote. And, you know, that's where our organization gets its name, a convention of states, because the very first application under Article 5 from Virginia was for a convention of the states. That phrase was actually used as far back as 1781 in one of the uh, state conventions being held, and I can't remember which one. I can't remember if it was the Hartford one. I can look that up again at some point. Uh, But that phrase is even older than the first application, but a convention is just a meeting. So it's a meeting of the states. That's how Virginia described it. The very second application from New York, again dealing with the Bill of Rights, 1789, uh, the next day, in fact, in the congressional record, they called it a convention for proposing amendments, and that's pretty much straight out of Article 5. We jump to 1832. Georgia called it a convention of the people to amend the Constitution. South Carolina in 1832, that it is expedient that a convention of the states be called as early as is practicable. So I'm going through these applications, understand there have been many throughout history, to to see, we want to see if this phrase, constitutional convention, ever shows up. Alabama in 1833, the call of a federal convention to propose such amendments to our federal constitution. That's what they stated. Slide number three, we keep going. Indiana in 1861, the heading, now this is interesting, this is from the Congressional Globe, the heading on this document says Constitutional Convention, but that's not an actual transcript of what of what transpired during that meeting. The actual transcript just says, requesting Congress to call a convention to amend the Constitution. So there's a place where somebody interpreted and put a heading in, you know, just to break up their document, here's where discussion of a constitutional convention occurred, but there's no discussion of that actual phrase in the transcript. It's a convention to amend the Constitution. Ohio in 1861, hereby make application to Congress to call a convention for proposing amendments to the Constitution. You know, it's pretty safe if you just use the actual phrase from Article 5. New Jersey in 1861, they paraphrase Article 5 here when they they state, quote, when the legislatures of two thirds of the several, several states should call a convention proposing such amendments, unquote. And Kentucky in 1861, an application to Congress for the call of a convention for proposing amendments to the Constitution. Illinois in 1861, They joined with Kentucky, New Jersey, applications to call a convention for proposing amendments. Now, obviously, what was going on in 1861, we were on the verge of civil war. And these states and uh, their state legislatures, they were scrambling to try and avert civil war. And that is one of the means you want to do that is to utilize the Constitution to try and save the republic. They wanted to – some of these state legislatures were wise and and said, let's get a convention, see if we can figure out any way – we can avoid uh, bloody conflict. Slide number four, of course, that that did not occur. Slide four, Nebraska in 1893 to call a convention of the several states of the United States. So a little bit of a a, a twist on the phrase convention of states. They they said convention of the several states. Texas in 1899 has a an amend, uh, application which is still live call a convention for proposing amendments. It's a very broad application. There's almost nothing in it. So uh, that could be considered a plenipotentiary call uh, to discuss just about anything. Minnesota in 1901, they said calling a, of a convention to propose an amendment. So there's an example where we see that uh, getting very specific, we want to call a convention, and we're now getting to the area in the 1900s where we're discussing the uh The election of Senate by uh, popular vote as opposed by the state legislatures. And that's really what a lot of these in the 1900s are going to be. Pennsylvania, 1901. Convention to be called for the purpose of proposing an amendment. So an amendment again. Now here we have several states, Oregon, Utah, and South Dakota, 1903 to 1908. They've got the phrase, call a constitutional convention for the purpose of submitting to the states for ratification an amendment. So this is the first time we see in the congressional record or in the state legislative records the phrase constitutional convention, but they qualify it at the end, an amendment. So it's a constitutional convention for an amendment. So even though they use that phrase, still very qualified. Slide number five. Texas in 1901 also called a constitutional convention for proposing amendments. In Tennessee in 1905, they also used the phrase constitutional convention to be called for the purpose of proposing an amendment. Oklahoma, they though, reverted to the phrase calling a convention of the states to propose amendments. So all of these dealing with the uh, direct election of senators by popular vote, and they're using some various phrases, but several of them have been using this phrase constitutional convention. Wisconsin in 1908 a convention for proposing amendments. Washington in 1910, Tennessee in 1911, Montana in 1911, a convention to propose an amendment. So again, very specific and just a very generic a convention. Wisconsin in 1911, a convention of the several states. We've seen that phrase before. Here it's used again, the several states. We're going to jump ahead a little bit. Wisconsin in 1929, a convention to propose amendments. On to slide six. California, 1935, so we're moving to some different areas now. They want to call a convention for the purpose of proposing an amendment. An amendment. So they just called it, again, generally a convention. Oregon in 1939, a national convention for proposing an amendment. So a little bit different qualifier there, a national convention. Michigan, in 1941, they stated they want to call a convention for the purpose of proposing the following article as an amendment. Michigan, again, in 1943, they kind of liked their phrasing, so they used pretty much the same wording, call a convention for the purpose of proposing an amendment. California, in 1949, call a convention for the sole purpose of proposing amendment of the Constitution. Virginia, 1952, call a convention for the purpose of considering an amendment. On to slide number seven. Florida in 1957, South Dakota, Illinois, and Texas in 1963 all use this phrase. Call a convention for the purpose of proposing the following article as an amendment. So it's interesting. We're seeing some of the states now get together during this time, and looks like they're either uh, communicating with each other in some some manner. Uh, they are using the same language, the same verbiage on the same subject matter, and the same way they are writing their uh, their legislation. They're getting very coordinated. In Indiana, they they had a, a long list in one of their uh, resolutions. They used the word convention over and over again without qualifier. Alabama in 1957. Call a convention for the purpose of proposing amendments. And we're going to end up here. We want to look at the balanced budget amendment applications. I said we we started there. We referenced it real quick. We're going to end here because this is where we're going to see things change. 1957, Indiana. 1961, Wyoming. They both had balanced budget amendment resolutions, applications. And they both used the phrase, call of a convention on behalf of an amendment. So it's still pretty similar to the language we've seen from the beginning of the nation through 1961. But let's jump into the 1970s, because 1976, we're going to look at the same states. Indiana in 1976, a balanced budget amendment application, they now phrase it, call a constitutional convention for the purpose of proposing an amendment and Wyoming follows up in 1979 they also have a phrase called a constitutional convention for the specific and exclusive purpose of proposing such an amendment so they're using that phrase that qualifier constitutional convention they're qualifying the whole phrase now though with an amendment they're being very specific so uh, that idea that we saw in the uh, in Reagan's legal uh, judiciary department under uh, the attorney general about a limited constitutional convention. Obviously, that's on the mind of all these legislators. They're being very specific, but they are using that phrase, and we're beginning to see that phrase being used commonly, constitutional convention. And we want to discuss where this leads up to part three next week. Where did this phrase come from? What happened between the uh, early 1960s and the mid 1970s when the balanced budget amendment really started to pick up again what happened in between that time where did that phrase come from and why did it become so popular and that's where we'll we'll look next week our last slide again is our attribution Really just one site I went to a, a list of state applications for Article Five conventions, and you can jump off from that site into the actual source documents i I read quite a few of them there it 's pretty fascinating to read Congressional record or some other copy of the congressional record or state legislative record and see how these resolutions are written and see what the minds of these state legislatures are like uh, as you as you follow the history of our nation as you go through the Civil War as you go through the the early progressive movement in the turn of the 1900s and the direct election of senators, as you go through fight against income tax, uh, as you see some other states' rights issues come up. Uh, it's pretty fascinating to see and read some of these articles. So I, I commend you go out there, uh, look around, jump off into some of these sites, and take a look for yourself. And it's time to go to the phones. Remember, our guest call in line is 914 205 Five six three two. We have our ground rules to speak respectfully. We're not going to use foul language. No derogatory, defamatory remarks. No shouting or yelling at each other. We're here to have a discussion. We want to keep to the subject. Article 5, all things Article 5, especially today if you want to discuss this phrase, Constitutional Convention in the historical context. And we want to encourage dialogue with each other, which means we pause and we listen to each other. So go ahead and call in, 914 Five six three two, And we're here live, waiting for phone calls. Nobody's on the board at the moment. Let me give you a, a heads-up as to what's coming up in my week. I have a speaking engagement at the Somerville County Republican Club this coming Thursday, December 3rd. Their social hour, half-hour, starts at 630 in the evening. They meet at the Somerville County Citizen Center on Barnard Street. That's kind of right in the heart of... Uh, um, Jiminy. Uh, Glen Rose, gosh, my brain I went brain dead there. Uh, Somerville County Citizen Center, uh, it's across from the Riverhouse Grill there in Glen Rose. And the meeting begins at 7. They uh, are going to allow uh, candidates who are running in the primaries to speak up as it's primary season. Things will begin to heat up there. And a short little bit of business. And then after that, we'll have a presentation on the Convention of States and a time for question and answers. So if you're in the area, anywhere near Glen Rose, Thursday evening, December 3rd, you can come out and and hear uh, an overall overview of uh, the Article 5 process, what the Convention of States project, how we have solutions dealing with the large issues facing our nation, and that's all I've got for this morning. Everyone stay safe out there. If you're uh, in an area which has difficult weather, such as we're having here in Texas, uh, be very careful if you have to get out on the roads, and uh, God bless you, and we're going to let Madison Rising, play us out again uh, with America the Beautiful. And that will do it for another episode of That Provident Article. We want to again give a thank you to Madison Rising. Go visit their website at www.madisonrising.com I especially want to to again send you to www.conventionofstates.com If you haven't volunteered, if you haven't signed a petition, become a supporter, please go out there and do so. Get involved with your state legislatures, get involved with your State team in whatever state you're in, and again, a big thank you to the Texas Convention of States team. Thank you to all the listeners here. We appreciate it, and we'll listen to Madison Rising and America the Beautiful.